0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Before we begin, please listen to the following legal disclaimer. This podcast is provided as a public service only. Information contained in this site is not intended as and should not be taken as legal advice. It is also important to remember that each situation is unique and at times complex. The application and impact of relevant laws will vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. There may also be delays, omissions, or inaccuracies in the information contained in the episode. While we would be happy to hear from you, please understand that merely contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also, the use of the information provided in the podcast episodes should not be taken as establishing any contractual or other form of attorney-client relationship between you, the listener, and any of the attorneys participating in the podcast. In most cases, but not all, the participants you hear in the podcast episodes are attorneys. However, we cannot become your attorney or represent you in any way unless, first, we know that doing so would not create a conflict of interest with any of the clients we represent, and second, satisfactory arrangements have been made with us for representation accordingly please do not send us any information about any matter that may involve you unless we have agreed that we will be your lawyers and represent your interests and you have received a letter from us to that effect by continuing to listen to this podcast you indicate your acceptance of this disclaimer if you do not accept these terms please discontinue listening Please enjoy today's episode, and thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Legal Podcast Network. Today I'd like to discuss some of the basic strategies that should be included in uh, preliminary estate planning, most notably the annual exclusion and the basic exclusion, also known as the lifetime exemption. I'll get into some detail about what those things are, and it comes on the heels of the fiscal cliff deal that was uh, signed at the 11th hour, December 31st, 2012. Before I begin the um, estate planning discussions, I want to go back to a few listener questions from last time. The, the main question that I got re, uh, on the heels of the New Year's resolution and, and writing a will, the main question I got was, when do I need to consider updating my will? an excellent question honestly if once you've done your will it's something that you should review essentially annually in my opinion Uh, every january again I, i would presume that most of you do some some financial review uh where are my investments and how are they how are they performing as you prepare your taxes you get your annual statement from each of your investments and so on uh it's also a good time to maybe revisit your budget a lot of times that's a good salaries change and things like that, it's always a good idea to review what your situation is. I think in January is a sort of logical time to do that. So again, the question is, when do I need to update my will? Um, I think that you can break that down into three specific events or three categories of events. Changes in your family situation would be number one. Uh, if, if there is a marriage or a divorce uh, for you or your children death of a, of a spouse, the death of a parent. Those sort of changes could a, create a need to revisit your will and possibly make some amendments. Uh, a, a birth of a new child, if that child wasn't mentioned in your will, obviously it's a good idea to get their names specifically mentioned in there. If you had previously listed a parent of yours as an executor under your will, if something were to happen and that parent passes away, that's a change obviously that needs to be made. If your children reach the age of majority or become adults, their guardianship provision may not be necessary. But changes in your family, the changes in the family situation are one reason that uh, a change should be made to your will or your estate planning documents. Number two, changes in your financial situation, and, and that could be for the better or for the worse. You personally, it could also be a change in, in the uh, financial situation of your heirs. Consider this. If one of your children becomes very independently wealthy and no longer needs to have a share of your estate, has opted to say give that to one of the other siblings, or say, "Mom, I don't need I don't need any inheritance from you. I'm doing fine. Help the others out." Um, there, you know, a child's success, fortune, and generosity could come into play and precipitate a change for you. To, to modify your will documents that would be a very fortunate situation your estate plans may change as the economy gets tight and certain of the annual strategies that you may have employed in the past it may become necessary for you to to change those plans um, if if your financial situation dictates you to make a change you know obviously this is a time that 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 can be done and I'll talk a little bit more again uh, when we get to the part about the annual exclusion annual gifting that could occur uh this will make a little more sense there and third and i think this is a good lead into today's episode changes in the law there was a lot of speculation as to what what the state of estate and gift tax would be after the fiscal cliff if we were to have gone off that cliff for example this the estate and gift tax exemption would be 1 million dollars this year and any estate that had an excess of 1 million dollars The excess would be taxed at a rate of 55% had the changes not gone into place. That's a pretty steep tax rate, 55%. And to only be able to exempt a $1 million amount from your estate means that a lot more folks would have been um, subject to that tax. So just to revisit that question, when do I need to update my will? Number one, changes in family situation. Two, changes in your financial situation. Or three, changes in the law, all three of those items could precipitate a need for you to make a change. In an upcoming episode, I'm going to go into more specifics about what the fiscal cliff was, the specifics of that deal. But today, I want to just focus in on the fiscal cliff deal as per the estate and gift tax. All right, let's look at the annual exclusion first. The annual exclusion is the amount of money that one individual can give to another In a year without incurring any gift tax consequence. The current annual exclusion is $14,000 per year, which means you can give to any individual $14,000 without having to file a gift tax return on that money. If you were to give, say, $20,000, you as an individual to another person, the $14,000 amount could be excluded. The $6,000 that's in excess of that, would have to be reported on a gift tax return. So you would have to file a gift tax return with the federal government saying, this year, 2013, I gave this person $20,000. I'm using the $14,000 annual exclusion. The remainder was $6,000. That has to be reported so that at your death, the lifetime exemption will be impacted by any lifetime gifts that you made. Okay, so... Presumably then that $6,000 would have to be accounted for upon your estate being um, wound up after your death. Uh, Another way that that annual exclusion is used is that a husband and wife can sort of double their annual exclusion and give $28,000. This is often husband and wife give to their children $28,000 a year as a way to reduce their... value of their estate as a way to start giving away what they own to their children so that it's not in their estate at their death and then not not subject to estate tax. That annual exclusion also can be uh, combined for a five-year period. In this case, $14,000 a year. You could give $70,000 this year as an annual exclusion gift to any one of your children um or anyone for that matter but for the next 5 years then you would not be able to make those kinds of gifts to that person a, fu- a piece of property that's sold and you had a large lump of income this year that would be one way for you to start minimizing what's in your estate now uh, a variety of reasons each each client may would would have us you know oh, I have a certain amount of money I'd like to start gifting it to my children if you're in that situation this would be one of the strategies uh, so again, if one individual could give to their, to anyone else, uh, up to seventy thousand dollars without having, uh, ha- having an estate tax consequence to that. Um, again, you'd have to be careful not to gift again to that person within the next five years. Um, you still have to report it. Take that same strategy. If mom is able to give seventy thousand dollars to one of her children. And dad could do the same. That means that mom and dad could collectively give $140,000 as a gift to each of their children in a year that that was an appropriate thing for them to do. It's kind of the high points of the annual exclusion. If you have any questions about that, send me an email. I want to move on now to the lifetime exemption. They are different. The lifetime exemption is the maximum sort of number that is excludable or exempt from federal estate tax uh in 2011 that was 5 million dollars 2012 that was adjusted for inflation to 5.12 million dollars uh and as a result of the fiscal cliff deal that was struck in 2013 the uh lifetime exemption for an individual is 5.25 million as a couple a married couple can use what's called portability the portability means that essentially a husband and wife can Combine their exemptions to ten and a half million dollars so long as upon the death of the first spouse a federal estate tax return is filed that sort of secures their ability to use that exemption, even if your estate isn't worth ten and a half million dollars upon the death of the first spouse. If it later becomes worth more than that, the portability is there and retained so that you, as a married couple, after both partners are deceased, have the $10.5 million as a result of the portability of that uh, exemption. So in 2013, as I mentioned, the, the exemption is now $5.25 million. Portability is uh, uh, available to married couples. The tax rate uh, is 40%. So anything over $10.5 million that a couple were to own would be taxed at a 40% rate. Anything over $5.25 million owned by an individual who who would pass away this year would be subject to 40% tax rate. One of the ways that I like to help protect folks from having to pay estate tax, federal estate tax, is uh I put in a credit shelter trust. And I tell people, even if they don't have a net worth that's anywhere uh remotely near this exemption amount, there's still there's still the potential for, you know, if you hit the lottery or something like that, if there was a large uh wrongful death suit even uh that sometimes could create more wealth than you expected to have upon your death. A provision called a credit shelter trust in your will often will allow your surviving spouse to make use of the federal exemption, where you didn't maybe think that it was uh, available prior. So, in sum, there are four things I'd like to highlight from today's episode. Number one, the annual exclusion is a good strategy to reduce the value of your estate. Annually, you can make gifts to your benef- presumably your beneficiaries, your children. Often, uh, you make gifts to those folks during your lifetime under or near the annual exclusion amount. So uh, if I want to start making gifts to my children, I can give $14,000 uh, in 2013 without having to file a gift tax return. Strategy number one, using the annual exclusion to reduce the value of your estate. Gifting right now $14,000 per person per year, and husband and wife can double that, Again, mom and dad can give twenty-eight thousand dollars each year to reduce the value of their estate by that amount. I would always caution my clients not to give away more than they can afford to give away, but it is a good strategy to reduce the value of your estate. Thus not having that money in your estate upon your death means it could not be taxed at that point. Number two, check your will. Check your will for a credit shelter trust provision, provision that would allow your executor. To modify the gifts to allow for use of your exemption upon your death. Uh, review. I always recommend folks to review your estate plan annual. If you haven't done that yet this year, go ahead, get it out, read through it, make sure that everything still sounds the way you expect it to sound. And uh, again, review for those for those situations. Did I have a change in my family situation? Did I have a change in my financial situation? Are the changes in the law going to precipitate me making changes in my will? Um, and finally, again, advice to folks: If anyone passes away in the in in 2013, the first of the of a married couple passes away, be sure that first spouse's state files a federal tax return so that the surviving spouse may be able to capture the um, lifetime exemption amount and take advantage of the portability provisions. That wraps up today's episode. I would uh, like to encourage you to keep sending in the emails to info at robhartlaw.com. Put podcast in the subject line. Send me a message about any comments about the episodes, any questions you have, any topics you'd like to hear about. You can also direct message me at Twitter at podcastpgh. And you can continue to subscribe on iTunes, leave comments there as well. I appreciate all the listener's support. I appreciate the questions as they come in, and thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to The Legal Podcast Network. Look for upcoming episodes and links on our website. And follow us on Twitter at PodcastPGH. <laughs>